What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Bitcoin? Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to On The Ledger. This is your host Moel Said, and I'm back once again on your weekly rendezvous from Paris. We're still at Ledger Open and by now you should probably know what it is. But if you don't, well, let me tell you. Ledger Open is a Web3 event happening at La Gaité Lyrique, right at the heart of Paris, with hundreds of speakers and attendees coming from all over the globe. And the good news is, we're taking you with us on this journey to meet some of the most inspiring guests and discuss the future of user experience in the world of crypto, DeFi, and of course, NFTs. Today, I'm excited to welcome Pierre Duprat, Senior Software Engineer at SoRare. For those of you who love football like me, SoRare is a dream come true. It's the play-to-earn version of fantasy football, where you can collect and trade your favorite players as NFTs to build your squad, earn rewards, and access exclusive in real life perks. It's also backed by prominent football stars like Griezmann, Piquet, or Andre Schurle, and hundreds of world-class clubs. Well, Pierre, welcome to On The Ledger. How's your Ledger Open going? Um, thank you, Mo. I'm happy to be there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I've enjoyed uh, meeting people as well uh, in the ecosystem. I think the talks has, uh, are great quality, so very nice so far. Yeah, super thrilled to chat with you. Uh, it's a topic that I really like, so rare, fantasy football, soccer and NFTs. Uh, so uh, let's get right into it. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, I am. On the Ledger, season two, episode 12 from Ledger Open with so rare. Here we go. So let's start from the beginning. How would you explain SoRare to those uninitiated uh, while taking into consideration the fact that they might not know what fantasy football is all about? Okay, good question. Um, given we want to be mainstream, I guess this is an important question, actually. Yes. <laughs> um, so if I had to try and explain it, uh, how SoRare works, basically is um, you have a deck of cards uh, you can so all those, those cards represent football players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with that deck of cards, you can play in a game. Uh, so you have to line up players that you think will perform in the next real life games, which is more or less called fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on their real life results, you will get points, and you will be ranked in a leaderboard, and you can earn uh, new cards and some ETH as well. Um, so that's like. The game aspect, uh, we believe utility is, is key uh, to mainstream adoption of NFTs. Um, and the thing is, those cards are NFTs, right? So what is, I think, very interesting and you don't have in other fantasy games uh, is that you have a real market, uh, which are the card market. Uh, so every decision you make has to be an informed decision. Uh, you have skin in the game, basically, uh, which makes it very interesting uh, to manage your club, uh, you know, monitor your players who are injured, long time, re- uh, short time. Some might not be, you know, the coach might not like some players. When a new coach arrives, maybe they are not going to play anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of that is something mm-hmm. that you there need to... There are different to... variables that you have to take into account. So you have the real-life football performance variables, but you have the internal market dynamics that are related to the game itself, um, as well as your own investment strategy. Which, which is a lot of variables, and it was very interesting. And this, is whole, this whole concept of play to earn actually is the new buzzword in town. Um, and you're 
a concrete example of its success. Um, and this year has seen major projects, major play-to-earn projects see the light and get a lot of adoptions, millions of users and billions of dollars generated. Um, what's that trend all about and how do you see it, see it evolving? You know, this, this year is obviously a bull run, but, you know, I think that the gaming aspect is an on-ramp that is probably not as um, reliant on the market, on the overall market. So do you see this continue, like this whole play-to-earn thing to continue evolving? Yeah, I mean, um, to go back to what you just said is like you have many variables to take mm -hmm. into account and one of them is the game. Mm -hmm. um, so we can structure the game in a way that, for instance, you can use uh, Japanese players playing in Japanese league, mm -hmm. which are not necessarily very known, but to to you know win known players. So we kind of can have people take interest in those leagues. Um, and like to come back to your actual question, uh, play to earn. So our main uh, objective is not play to earn; is more I would say play and earn. Mm -hmm. uh, so first, have fun. You know. Um, that's the main objective. We want the game to be fun. Uh, that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's this earn aspect, uh, as you mentioned. Um, some people, you know, are like hardcore football fans. They spend a lot of time uh, tracking what I just mentioned, injuries, mm -hmm. informed players, all of that. And for them, it's also a way, you know, to make some money out, out of their passion. Mm -hmm. um, some uh, some SOAR players are actually almost professional um, in the sense that that's most of their time is is uh, is focused on SOAR. Um, so yeah, there is that earn aspect which is which is which is important. Uh, I think it also brings some depth into the game, into the strategies, into the market. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of a general trend, uh, I think that is. NFT is unlocking that uh, play to earn. You know, you could uh, you could argue you could do a FIFA foot uh, play to earn, but in the end, you don't own your cars. They reset at every you know season end. So mm. NFT enables that, um, and the fact that you know you can also win ETH uh, itself. So this is part of the whole mechanics of the game. That's super interesting, and I personally, the amount of time and money I spent on FIFA foot and and EA Sports, fantasy football, and I never won anything out of it. When you think about the fact that you could do that and make a living, it is revolutionary. And, you know, aside from, from uh, we were mentioning about the fact that, uh, you know, uh, play to earn in general uh, is something, so the, the earn aspect is super important, uh, but you also have the entertainment value. And in the beginning, you mentioned utility uh, as something being very important as well. Um, so what's utility like? And, um, you know, basically owning these NFTs probably gives you other perks outside of the game. How are you thinking about that and how, how is it looking as an important pillar of the, of the overall game's dynamics itself? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, utility in the game is our driver mm -hmm. uh, and it will bring a lot of things, we believe. Uh, one, one of them is collectability. Um, some football fans, you know, they are... They're really proud of uh, being fan of a club, of owning, you know, signed shirts and things like that. Um, today, you can have cards and see when someone acquired the card, he got the full team of, like that year when that team won the, you know, 
League, Champions League mm -hmm. or, or things like that. We also have um, some players that uh, that come to us and we issue special uh, player edition cards. Uh, so there's only a few, uh, right? And they are only issued directly to the player, uh, which has been verified by us. And then they can trade that card. So you can also own a card that has been owned by a, by a real football player. Mm -hmm. You can trade with them. Uh, we can see sometimes, you know, people saying, oh, I've sold this card to Messi. Uh, it's really funny. And uh, so there's this kind of connection with, with football. Mm -hmm. um, and as well, what we're trying to do is... Um, to like strengthen that connection with the, the with real football, uh, some NFTs. So we've at some point we've made a special uh, edition um, NFTs, which would basically the card uh, that you could win in the game, and that would open uh, for like uh, VIP tickets for uh, Le Clasico, El Clasico in in Spain mm -hmm. between uh, Real Madrid and, and Barcelona. Um, we're also you know get, uh, getting jerseys and stuff like that. So we're trying to really strengthen that you know real-world, uh, virtual-world uh, uh, thing. Yeah, the proof-of-ownership as aspect is actually revolutionary because you can easily link uh, the in-game ownership of these cards to, you know, in real-world uh, accessibility based on the ownership of these cards, of course. Um, and it's impossible to talk about so rare without mentioning the impressive Series B uh, round of $680 million. Uh, led by SoftBank's Vision Fund. So first of all, congratulations. This Thank is you. awesome. Um, maybe the first question that comes to mind is how will you guys be leveraging that? Because that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, first, we we're very happy that we, we managed to you know close that round. Um, we have big plans. Um, our business also uh, is about licensing. Mm -hmm. uh, so licensing has a cost, obviously, and some of that money is uh, for us to also unlock uh, the best leagues in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one part of it. We need to grow the team, uh, like, a lot. We want to be... How many are you right uh, now? So at the, moment, at the moment, I think it, it changes quite a lot <laughs> in, in the past uh, few weeks, but... I would say around 40, uh, something oh. like that. We just opened an office in, in New York City okay. uh, two weeks ago. Um, so we will grow the team, um, look for you know expanding the SOAR brand as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're on football today. We will be looking into other sports. It's part of you know our business plan. Um, and yeah, so mainly I would say is those two, those two directions. Our long-term vision is as well to be kind of a you know connected media with the football and the NFT all around that you know uh, ownership ownership backbone. Mm -hmm. um, that's our long long-term uh, roadmap. Um, so yeah, I mean a lot to do. A lot that we're we're looking forward to indeed. Uh, you know, with projects like NBA Top Shot and of course so rare, it's starting to look like sports, gaming, and culture in general uh, will be kind of the main crypto on ramp. Um, how are you onboarding new users, uh, taking into consideration that you know crypto uh, is intimidating, you have a lot of frictions from a user experience standpoint, you've got crypto education, self-custody, or custody in a more general sense, gas fees. Uh, so, so how are you approaching that? So that's actually, I think, it's the, the, the biggest uh, challenge for us is uh, to make crypto easy, mm -hmm. uh, seamless, UX friendly, all of that. It's a big challenge at various levels of, of what we do. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, wallets, uh, self-custodial, 
private keys, people don't know about that. So we need to have a product that is designed in a way that people do not feel the UX friction of crypto, but they get the positives of having earning, I mean, owning NFTs, mm -hmm. uh, free trade, etc. Mm -hmm. So we have to find that right balance between like a pure, uh, I mean, a very seamless UX, but still, you know, like offer those uh, show to the mainstream user what uh, what benefits they have mm -hmm. from from having those uh, NFTs. So I mentioned the wallet, uh, you mentioned the gas fees. Um, so that's uh, also a very good example. So from the beginning, we've always sponsored gas fees on SOAR. So our users never paid gas fees, except for, except for deposits. Mm -hmm. So they don't know gas fees. Um, but that means that the burden was on us. Yeah. Um, a huge burden. A huge burden. Uh, and this is why we moved to a layer two uh, seven months ago, mm -hmm. which, which allows us to reduce the burden on, on, on us uh, and like, but, but keep that, like, that UX for the user. So it's very important. And I think in general, we you know, carry the burden of like the crypto. Um, and so this is true for gas fees, for settlements also. So this is something that was a bit more difficult to do, but you know, we, we work in an optimistic way in a sense that when you buy a card, uh, you can use it, even if it's not been settled yet. So we kind of decorrelate the actual game from the pure yes. settlement things. Mm -hmm. um, so this is something also we do, and, and, and I think an important uh, thing also is how do you buy cards? Where do you get ETH? So you can either deposit from an external wallet, which is for more advanced users, but you can use also, we have on-ramp directly on our roll-up, mm -hmm. So you can actually buy ETH with your credit card in like a few minutes uh, and with no cost as well. There's a bit of a fee from like the on-road provider, but no gas fees. Mm -hmm. And uh, third but not, not least is you can directly buy with a credit card. So you can go on our platform and just buy an NFT with a credit card. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a Web2 experience with the Web3 benefits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's what we're trying to achieve. All right. And speaking of Web2 and Web3, it seems like, you know, the Web2 centralized network will be disrupted by Web3 uh, decentralized economies. Because the way you've ex been explaining, Sora, it's not only a game anymore, it's an economy. Uh, and... Could you maybe speak a little bit more to that and how, how, how are we thinking about the fact that, you know, the games are not going to be games anymore and it's not going to be, you know, led by a centralized entity that, you know, basically is uh, the sole and only um, actor that is benefiting from the all, all the activity that's happening in the, in the ecosystem to something that's decentralized and which is basically an economy with different dynamics. Yeah, so I think uh, having economics play an important role in your product is actually a benefit. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, for instance, uh, the fact that people can trade their cars, they own their asset, they can freely transfer, it, has, it makes us build the game and the platform in a certain way. Um, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you want to avoid fraud, like people having multiple accounts. Uh, so you have to manage all of this, um, but it shapes the product in a certain way. Uh, so free transfer is like maybe the the main thing, right? We know we we know any user can trade any card they own at any time 
at, at the price they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so this forces us to, to, to build the game uh, accordingly. Now, we, we still have some way of, you know, uh, balancing the economy because we are uh, minting the cards. So we can, so we kind of control the supply, even though when you buy a SOAR NFT, we have different uh, scarcity categories. Mm-hmm. And we would say that Messi 2021 card, there will only be 100 this season. Mm-hmm. And this is enforced at the contract level and we cannot change this. Um, but then we have a game and we have a, a market and you can get cards uh, as a reward in, in the game. So we have that ability to balance uh, how many cards we sell, how many cards we reward. Um, and then we, then it's, you know, it's a, as you say, it's a real economy and uh, we are also like hiring people that are experts, you know, in economies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a super interesting subject. It's complicated, complex subject, but yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, indeed. And you have a strong background in finance, um, you know, working with equity, the derivatives and structured risk management. Uh, what's the link between that and what you do at Sorare? Yeah, so it's um, it's funny because um, you know, so I've I've been in the banking industry for a while mm-hmm. before um, being more into the tech space and, and and blockchain in particular, and I can see like lots of things from you know traditional finance um, that are redeveloped in a Web three way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at, for instance, Dai, uh, it's just a notion of collateral and haircut and all of that. So it's very similar to what you can do in in traditional finance, uh, loans, etc. So I'm, I was more like of a, a technical side, so exotic products, derivatives. Um, I don't think we reached that level of complexity uh, yet, uh, but we will get there. I think uh, I really see um, a future where NFTs will be fractionalized, which is a technical term basically meaning that several people can own the same NFT. You can put that NFT in a, in a DAO um, and the DAO can become a football club. We're already starting to see that with the what we call the blue chips NFTs. Yeah, exactly. So some of the NFTs are super expensive. Um, they, you know, they open a lot of interesting uh, things as well. And I can see people wanting to be part of, you know, that premium experience, but n- but being able only to own a fraction of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this in the in the financial industries has been known for for years, like. Uh, uh, tranching and things like that. So it's time to move on to the last segment of the show. Uh, This is Glimpse into the Future. So as I was saying at the beginning uh, about, you know, play to earn being such a huge trend in 2021 um, and a lot of big projects generating, you know, billions in revenue, I think the common thread between these projects is that they had their own token. So the straightforward question is when so rare token? Uh, good question. Um, I don't think there's any plans. Okay. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I mean, um, so far because there's a lot of financial upside, but then there are a lot of legal drawbacks as well with how the space is going to evolve. I think you need to be like everyone's thinking about that as well. Yeah. So I mean, we don't have a token. It's not planned. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Uh, I might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we issue tokens every day, right? So people that have uh, bought into Sora NFTs early on. They've, they've, you know, they've, 
they are part of the success of, of, of Sorar as well. So yeah. it's an uh, indirect way if you want to, you know, support the project and if you believe in the project, uh, invest in the project as well. Of course. And talking about the future, you know, the future will probably uh, be, I mean, not probably, surely be a cross-chain future. Um, do you have any other plans to uh, bridge to other chains? So I'd love to bridge to every chain. Um, I think bridging is a, is a, one of a, of a key thing that the crypto community needs to tackle. Yes. Um, some projects like Cosmos are built for uh, cross-chain uh, um, communication. It's, I think uh, it's easier for fungible tokens. Um, for NFTs, is, uh, it, it's, it's a bit more difficult. Why? Because of unicity. Mm -hmm. and, um, and non fungibility. Like, okay, what guarantees you if I issue a token on that chain and I'm not going to issue it on another chain? Mm. Um, so I think it's, it's a bit more difficult. We can see it as well with withdrawals. So you can see, for instance, on uh, uh, optimistic rollups, you can have liquidity providers doing instant withdrawal for fungible tokens. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that for NFTs. So um, it's difficult. I think there will be solution. I really believe that uh, ZK proofs is super powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but you need a way to share estates between those blockchains. So I don't know how to solve this. I think people are experts are, are working on that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do agree the future is a multi-chain future and uh, it, it will be important. It's very interesting to be thinking about that. And, you know, we're, we're still speaking about the future and, you know, your vision for Sorare, whether it be, you know, the corporate vision or your own personal vision, five, year from, five years from now, uh, where, where do you see Sorare? So I'd like, um, I'd like to, that we onboard lots of, of users, of mm -hmm. people that don't know crypto. Uh, we'd like to be part of the companies that brought crypto to people or that brought people to crypto, mm -hmm. <laughs> depending on how you see it. Um, so this is really what we when, we, when the company was started, it was like, okay, let's bring mainstream people to crypto. How we do that? Let's take football uh, and NFTs and it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing. So more people, um, I think we want to... I like to have a, a game that is better, uh, improved, global. Uh, it's very interesting to see, you know, we have people all over the world playing the game, uh, which is, there's a way that, you know, NFTs can connect peoples across mm -hmm. countries um, and build global fan bases. Uh, I think it's a new way of um, watching and, you know, enjoying sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which other sports are you thinking about? Because you mentioned that in the beginning. I can't really mention any specifics, uh, but we are looking at other sports. I okay. mean, it's, it's, it's part of, of what we want to do. Because uh, football is very European. So if you want to be tapping into other markets, that's, that's other things. Yeah, exactly. So that's about. part of the, of the thinking process. Football is still strong in South America, in parts of Asia, and Africa. Mm -hmm. And so. I, I'd, I'd say it's the mo most global sport for sure uh, in the world, um, and but yeah, as you said, I mean uh, we want to reach a broader audience, and this is part of of, of the plans. Yes, and in a more general sense, when you think about the future, um, what excites you the most for Soar or in general? In general, for the space. 
So I think that crypto is going to change the way people interact mm -hmm. uh, today. I think the world is uh, is is driven by nations mm -hmm. um, who have their own, you know priorities and they defend themselves and crypto is supranational uh, you don't have those boundaries so I think I, I'd like to think um, that is going to change the way people interact across uh, the globe so I'd say yeah I guess this is this is what I'm looking forward to well that would be the perfect way to end it thanks a lot Pierre it was a pleasure sharing with you and uh, I hope we can have you once again on the podcast to talk about so, so rare and what you guys do in the future. Best of luck. Thank you, Mo. It was a very good time. That's it. This was On The Ledger, live from Ledger Open with Pierre Duprin from So Rare. If you've enjoyed the conversation, hit that subscribe button and keep an eye out. This was On The Ledger from Paris with your host, Mo El Said. Till next time, take care. Au revoir. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.